The following recording is a presentation of the Brian Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome you to visit our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our service of Berean Baptist Church. All right, take your Bibles. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, you can remain seated, and uh, I'll begin reading verse number 19. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Lay up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust, rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. Now no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil and, uh, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or shall, what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Let's pray before we begin. Father, thank you for your holy word, which we have before us today. Thank you for the wisdom it imparts to us. Thank you for the strength we glean from its words. And I pray today, Lord, you would speak to us and and strengthen us and help us through some of these difficult times that we're facing and and some of the, the disappointing things that we must put up with and deal with every day. So we ask you to strengthen us today and and instruct us in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to preach today a, a message entitled, Live in the Moment. And I, I, I must confess to you, this is not a completely new subject for me. I preached this message, I think it was somewhere around 2003 or 2004. Um, but I want us to realize today that despite all the technological advances in our world today... Life still remains to be very hectic and demanding. 
We look at skyrocketing costs all around us, food, housing, uh, gasoline. I get sticker shock every time I go to a gas pump. That's why I bought, I bought, an, I bought a hybrid car. Because I was, I, I was driving a, a Ford Explorer. I loved that car, but it, it got like 18 miles to a gallon. And as gas, the price crept up, I said, no more of this. Now I got a hybrid. I get 41 miles to the gallon. Praise the Lord. It's like getting a pay raise. Today, so many families have multiple jobs. Some fathers have two or three jobs. My staff at work, I have, I have 24 people on my staff. Most of them, most of them work at least two jobs. Some of them work three. Just trying to make ends meet. There's no such thing as a five-day work week anymore. And there's no such thing as an eight-hour day anymore. Many have, have become caught up in the materialism of this world. The Madison Avenue ad men with their commercials on television have convinced so many people that they need to have all these things to be happy. We're convinced today that we desperately need bigger houses, the most luxurious automobiles money can buy, the most exclusive vacations. We didn't even take vacations when I was a boy. We didn't even know what that was. We, we'd go to the beach for two or three days. That was about it. Everybody has to have a, a, a humongous bank account. Now, if you have a large bank account, see me after the service, because I'd like to talk to you about some investments I have an idea for. Well-funded retirement accounts. And, and, and let me say for a moment here, there's nothing wrong with some of those things, if, if indeed you can do so without without compromising your happiness in the Lord. Even the elect children of God, in far too many cases, they equate happiness to material possessions or personal gratification. The scriptures, and, and Paul said, told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 5, supposing that gain is godliness. And, is, and isn't, that the, isn't that the TV evangelist's main theme? Oh, you send God your seed money and he'll shower you with blessings. Well, that's their theme, but that unfortunately isn't the way it works. It seems, as a matter of fact, the more we obtain, the more we desire. Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 20. Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. You know, if wealth would satisfy you, then why are rich people so miserable? Because the more you have, the more you want. I never understood that. But I guess it's not for me to understand. The things of this world will never bring us true happiness. They will never satisfy your heart. We must know that God will give us what he, God, wants us to have. Hebrews chapter 13. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. That's all we need to know, is that God is always with us, and we, we only need what he wants us to have, and what he gives us. That's what's best for us. In our passage today, we see Jesus admonishing those that have 
come to hear him. He's admonishing them to avoid the snare of the devil. The sin, if you will. The sin of doubting and tempting God. Three times the Lord states, take no thought. In verse 25, he said, take no thought for your life. In verse 31, therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? In verse 34, take therefore no thought for the morrow. Life, food, clothing, future, these are all the focus of most, if not all men. And certainly we do need these things. However, God has promised to provide us with them. So to distress or concern ourselves with them is to express doubt in the Lord. I've been amazed in the last 40, almost 41 years that I've, that I've been in the ministry. I've been amazed at how God has provided for my wife and myself. I could, I could stand here for hours today and share with you story after story after story of how God miraculously blessed us and gave us the desires of our heart throughout our entire life in the, in the ministry. We don't need to distress or concern ourselves. When we do that, it questions God's ability and his integrity to keep his promises to us. It is to tempt his anger and wrath. Therefore, we are warned not to be like the unbelievers. Paul said, or Jesus said, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Now, everyone here this morning is living within time. Some this morning are living in the past. You're, you're focusing on past accomplishments. Or maybe you're focusing on past failures. Or maybe you're focusing on past problems. Yet Paul admonishes us to forget about the past. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, he says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things. You see that? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Listen, what is done is done. And nothing you can do can change that. So don't dwell on it. Learn from it. But then go on. And if we have been faithful to confess... It has been forgiven and forgotten by the Lord. Therefore, let us remember them no more. Forget about what happened yesterday or or a year ago or three years ago and focus on now. Start living for Christ today. Others today are living in the future. Hmm? They're, They're focusing on what will be. You know, I don't know what, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I really don't. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I got enough problems worrying about what's going on today. Others are focusing on what might be. Well, you know, this might happen. Yeah, it might. It really might. But, you know, you may not even be here tomorrow to worry about it. So, don't worry about it. What can be? Yeah, a lot of things can be. But let me just remind you. 
Everything is going to be what God says it's going to be. And Solomon warns us not to be so foolish as to think that we can assure our future. In Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 1, he says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. James echoed this truth in James chapter 4. He said, Go to now, ye that say, Today and tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But my goal this morning is to help each of us See that we must live in the moment. We must live in today. I read this. This is actually on a plaque on on the wall in our kitchen at work. And and I thought it was so profound. And I always always like to go look at it. It says this. If you are depressed, you are living in the past. If you are anxious, you are living in the future. If you are at peace, you are living in the present. So let's don't be depressed. What do we have to be depressed about, by the way? If you're a child of God, if you're an elect saint of God, your your soul is saved, you're going to be in heaven when you die, and God has promised to never leave you or forsake you, he's promised to give you everything you need, then what do you have to be depressed about? If your focus is right, you don't need to be depressed. If you're anxious, what are you anxious about? Did not God promise to give you the needs of your life? Didn't he promise to give you food, clothing, and shelter? Did he? Did he? Then what are you anxious about? So we need to to just learn to live content. But how do we accomplish this? How can we overcome our natural tendency to fret and worry? You know, when, when I um, was, was our administrator here for the school, I worked here every day. Literally seven days a week. I was here and I was working here and, and, and my focus was always on, on things in the school and the students and things of the church and the ministry. And, and those, in those times, it was very easy to stay focused, to be focused on what's important. It really was. But since 2012, I've, I've been out there working when we closed the school down. And, and you know, I want to tell you, and those of you who, who work all week long, you know it's true. It's easy to get distracted, isn't it? It's easy to get distracted. And easy to, for a brief amount of time as it may be, lose your focus on what things are really important. So what I want to do this morning is just give us some things to help us to hit that reset button and stay focused on the things in our life every day that really matters. And if we can, if we can learn to do that, we will live so much happier. We will be at peace with, with our, with ourselves and the Lord and we will accomplish more for God. So how can we do this? I, I want to give you three things this morning that I think if we do will help us to uh, accomplish the task of living in the day. Number one is this. Embrace the right perspectives. Embrace the right perspectives. 
We read in Matthew chapter 6, take, uh, therefore take no thought, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Now this is a matter of philosophies. It is simply this, right thinking. And to do this, to change the way we think, will mean a total change, a transformation in our minds. Because we're programmed from when we're little children, we're programmed to think a certain way. And we need to stop thinking the way the world thinks, and we need to start thinking the way God wants us to think. And in Romans chapter 12, the Lord says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Every day of our lives, Lord, I'm yours. Do with me as you will today. Sacrifice your life to the Lord. Live for his glory. Live for his honor. On your job, be honest. Be ethical. At, no matter what you do, do all, the Bible says, unto the glory of God. We need to start thinking in our minds uh, what's important. I, I, I told you a moment ago, I managed 24 people. We have 155 employees in our, at our facility there, and I, I, man, I managed 24 of them. And you know, I, I, it's so important to me to be fair and ethical to every one of those people. Every one of them. Now, some of them are easier to be fair to than others. You, you know, some people are easier to love than other people. You know that? Huh? Some people are hard to love. It's really hard to like them. It's really hard to love them. But, but as God's children, we need, to be, we need to think ethically. We need to be fair and equitable. We need to, because, because I represent, in, in a manner of speaking, I represent a position of authority to them. And I want them to, to see that they must obey the authority of God. I even, in our in-service meetings we have once a week, I even often say, uh, you know, you might be, you, I might not see what you're doing in that, in that residence condominium, but God does. And I tell them that. But God sees it. And, and we need to be fair and ethical and everything. We do. And by the way, God sees everything you do. He sees everything I do. Every day, every minute of every day, every second of every day. And we need to have that perspective. That needs to be our perspective. We need to not worry about what happened yesterday. I can't change that. Don't worry about tomorrow. It'll still be there when I get there. Worry about right now, today. And make sure that we are living our lives the way that God would have us live our lives. That we're being fair and ethical and, and, and we're being honest in all things. You realize this, this behavior I'm talking about, this anxiousness and this, all these things, you, know, you realize that's predominantly American? Children in Kenya today, they're, they're not dreaming about a new bike or an Xbox or a skateboard. Their parents aren't, aren't uh, posturing and positioning themselves for a, a, a promotion on their job so they can have more authority. 
They're not planning their next vacation, their next cruise on Princess Cruise Lines. Huh? They're not doing all those kind of things. You know what they're doing? They're hoping they can survive one more day. They're hoping they can find enough food to eat today to feed their children. They're hoping that they don't get attacked in the middle of the night by some wild animal and, and, and eaten. You see, we, we're just spoiled rotten in America. We're spoiled. Jesus, when teaching his disciples to pray, taught them to ask for their daily bread. He did not teach them to ask for their monthly bread. We are to live in the moment and be satisfied with what we have now, today. God knows what we need. And he's already made provision for what we need. He fed his children with manna in the wilderness. Their shoes and clothes did not waste away for 40 years. He gave them shade by day and warmth at night. But oh, how quickly we forget these things. I'm not going to take the time to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8. I preached on that last Sunday. But you can turn later and read Deuteronomy chapter 8. We need to remember the things that God does for us and and, and will do for us. And trust in that. And be confident in that. And, and don't worry about tomorrow. And, and don't worry about yesterday. If you made a mistake yesterday, make it right. Learn from that mistake. But then forget about it. Don't let it, don't let it discourage you. And go on and live for Christ. When we understand and live with this perspective, we will be able to accomplish the task of taking no thought. So first, this morning, I admonish each of us here to embrace the right perspectives. But then number two, I admonish us today to adopt the right priorities. Adopt the right priorities. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, Jesus said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now most of us here understand the importance of priorities. The only way to accomplish anything is to establish and maintain the right priorities. And this is the same is true with learning to trust in God. We must have the right priorities. And my, it's my experience after 40 years of ministry that far too many Christian people have the wrong priorities in their life. Now, I'm not going to take time to talk about the wrong priorities. Instead, I want to focus on the right priority. Jesus said the right priority is to seek first the kingdom of God. To place uh, the things of Christ above our personal material needs and possessions. To place the things of Christ ahead of everything else in our lives. There's a lot of things I want to say right now. A lot of things shooting into my mind right now. But I don't want, I'm not going to say them all. But I am going to say this. Where you are on Sunday should never be a second thought. Should never be another thought about where you're going to be on Sunday morning. 
My, my family and I, we never woke up on Sunday morning and said, oh, do we feel like going to church today? My kids didn't always feel like going to church. I know they didn't. They, wasn't, they didn't have a choice. Get up, we're going to church. Get dressed, you're going to church. Shut up, you're going to church. <laughs> By the way, placing God first was a testimony of Job. In Job chapter 23, he says, My foot hath held his steps, his way have I kept and not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Marriage, family, fidelity. Today these have been replaced by divorce, desertion, infidelity. Things that are a disgrace to the Lord. Honesty, integrity, dependability have given way to lies, laziness, and selfishness. And all of this causes some to doubt and mistrust the Lord. They do not exhibit faith in God because their priorities are misplaced. Joseph lived for God. Under the most discouraging of conditions. I mean, just think about Joseph for a moment. Joseph was hated by his own brothers. They hated him. His father sent them to, to see how they were doing out there and tending the, the flocks. And, and they, they, they cast Joseph into a pit. And they were, they were going to kill him. They plotted to kill Joseph. And to, to put the, to take his clothing home to his father and say, some beast in the wilderness tore up your son. They were going to kill their brother. If it were not for Judah, they would have. But he stopped them. But what did they do? Well, they, they, they sold him into slavery. A band of Arabs coming, coming through a, a caravan. They sold their brother into slavery. He was, he was put into slavery in the house of Potiphar. And, and, as if, and if it wasn't bad enough there, then Potiphar's wife, she tried to lie with Joseph, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't hear of it. And, and he fled from her, and she ripped his clothes off. And he ran away. And so she, she took his clothes, and she said, look what this, this slave has done. He's tried to, he tried to abuse me. So Joseph ends up in prison. The only thing he did was obey his father and go check on his brothers. And he's, he's been, he's been uh, nearly murdered. He was sold into slavery. He was falsely accused. And then he's in prison and he, got, he was forgotten in prison. But the Lord, because of Joseph's Right priorities, because through all of those things, Joseph kept God first and honored the Lord in every situation. The Lord exalted Joseph and put him up second only to, the, to Pharaoh himself. What about Moses? Moses chose to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin. I mean, Moses would have been Pharaoh. He would have been king of Egypt. He'd have been ruler of the known world. But he chose rather 
to suffer affliction as a child of God. He chose to honor and glorify God. He had the priority that God comes first. What about the Apostle Paul? Paul was able to say at the time of his death that he had finished his course. He had remained faithful unto, unto Christ through, all his, through, through his entire ministry's life. He was faithful to the Lord. Christ admonished you and I to take no thought. And if we're going to do that, we're going to have to have the right priorities. So we we need the right perspectives. We need the right priorities. And then lastly, this morning, number three, we need to fulfill the right purpose. Fulfill the right purpose. You should still be at Matthew chapter 6. Look at verse 24. Here the Lord admonishes us, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. So lastly this morning, if we are going to have the faith to trust in the Lord, we're going to have to live our life in fulfillment of God's purpose for us. So what is God's purpose? Do we each have individual purposes? Do we have one collective purpose? Well, let me just say this this morning. Let's start with with God's purpose for all of us. And that's found in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 13. Solomon writes, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So firstly, for me, for you and I today, our our main purpose is to do just this, is to fear God and keep his commandments. And you know what? If we are fearing God and if we are keeping his commandments, pretty much everything else in our life is going to take care of itself. Huh? Now, God does call some. We, we know that. He does call uh, some to be, uh, he, in the scripture says he calls some to be apostles, some to be evangelists, some to be pastor teachers. And we know that, that God calls men to, to some certain duties. But within the church collective, within our body here, you and I, our, our purpose is to, is to honor and glorify the Father, is to fear God and keep his commandments. And to serve in the church wherever we can. Each one of us should find something to do around here. To be a part of the, this work. We can all be a part of, of, of reaching out into the community and, and sharing the gospel with those around us. I've, I've noticed over the years how some people just want to believe that they're so vital to the ministry. That they, they, while they're looking for that, for that ultimate purpose, they, they don't fulfill the purpose that God has for them. Uh, just find something to do until, until God slaps you across the face and gives you your purpose. God doesn't always have some earth shattering purpose for you and me. It all comes down to this. Fear God 
and obey him. This is our purpose. This is our duty. And again, as I said, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to demean the work of the church or the work of the ministry. We, we do know that God has called us into his service. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. I therefore the prisoner of the Lord, Paul says, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. And we talked about this last week. That we're to walk worthy. We're to live our lives worthy of the name of Christ. And, and that calling is important. And it's in the will of the Lord. However, we must understand that everything we do must be to bring glory and honor to the name of the Lord. Not to draw attention to ourselves. I've known people over the, over the years that have come to this church. And because they couldn't get a, a certain position or because they couldn't do a certain job, they got mad and left. Uh, it happens. It definitely happens. I've told, I've told Pastor Smith many times. Pastor, if you can find someone else to lead the singing... I'd be happy to step out the way and let him do it. Do you understand, folks, our, our purpose? Today, right now, today, your purpose is to fear the Lord and to obey his commandments. That, that's our purpose. Tomorrow morning, I'm not looking to the future, but tomorrow morning, Lord willing, we wake up. Our purpose will be to fear God and keep his commandments. Then the next day, Lord willing, if we survive and we wake up again, our purpose will be to fear God and keep his commandments. You understand? You see where I'm going with this? See where I'm headed? Now, along the way, you might be asked to preach a message. You might be asked to sing a special. You might be asked to work the sound system in the back. You might be asked to be an usher. You might be asked to play the piano or the clavinola, I would be asked to do that once and never again. But along the way, we may be asked to do certain things. And we should always say yes. And we should always strive to do the best we can. But each morning when I wake up, today when I woke up, my purpose was to fear the Lord and obey his commandments. And that will be my purpose tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And every day of life he gives me, my purpose will be to fear God and keep his commandments. Now when a man gets this right, or should I say when when a believer gets this right, they don't need a pat on the back. They're content content just to serve. They don't need a title. Their desire is to exalt the name of Christ. And they're content. They're content to offer their life a sacrifice unto God. We cannot serve the Lord and live for ourselves. God demands all of us. Deuteronomy chapter 10. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. Do you see that? you see those words? 
This is what God requires of us. Now let me ask you, and and don't answer, and don't look at the person next to you, but let me ask you. Is this the focus of your life every day? What's found in in those verses? Is that the focus of your life? Young people, is that the focus of your life every day when you open your eyes in the morning? Every day that God has given you life, is that your focus? Moms and dads, is that your focus? Grandparents, is that your focus? Because that is our purpose. This is what God requires of us. Matthew 6.34 Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Live in the moment. Stop making excuses. Get busy serving the Lord. This morning, walk out, when you walk out of this room, walk out with the right perspective. Life is not about houses and cars and, and, and toys. It's not about money and, and, and big, large accounts. It's about the Lord our God. When you walk out here today, walk out with the right priorities. God first. Everything second. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Before you walk out of here today, walk out of here with the right purpose. Fear the Lord, obey his commandments, and love him with all of your heart, mind, and soul. Let's pray. Father, we're so unworthy. We're so unworthy to be called your children. None of us in this room this morning can stand and say that we put you first in everything in our lives. None of us can do that. We might, we might wish we could, and we might want to say we, we do, but in some ways we, we all come short. We all fail in our perspectives. We all fail in our priorities. and We all fail in our purposes. And the only way we're going to change, Lord, the only way we're going to be able to do these things is by your grace and by your power. Your Holy Spirit will have to teach us. But we need to follow. So I pray that you'd convict each of us in our hearts to examine our lives and make sure that we are doing these things. Thank you for those who are here today. Bless them, I pray. Bless all of us for, for, for your namesake. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Brian Baptist Church of Broner Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Brian Baptist Church 6298 Country Club Drive, Rohnert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us online at www.bebaptist.org.